Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. What is the SS Pacific? Well, it's a shipwreck off the coast of BC from way back in 1875 that may have millions of dollars worth of gold on board, right? So why hasn't there been a huge rush to claim it and bring it up and find out what's going on? Well, that is where the problems start. We are going to get all the details on this fascinating story with the help of Jeff Hummel. Jeff is a director of the Northwest Shipwreck Alliance, helped discover the shipwreck. Jeff, thanks so much for being here. I'm glad to join you. First of all, what is the Northwest Shipwreck Alliance? Well, the project that we're working on uh, has a commercial aspect of it and sort of a nonprofit uh, aspect of it. The nonprofit... um, uh, will receive all of the um, non-cargo items uh, from the wreck. So our plan is to build a museum here in the Northwest uh, dedicated um, partially to this particular ship. And um, so we have two different you know, in organizations, Rockfish, which is the commercial side of the project, and then Northwest Shipwreck Alliance, which is the um, nonprofit. Right. So what do we know about the SS Pacific? Well, the SS Pacific is the worst maritime disaster on the west coast of North America. Um, the ship left November 4th, 1875, headed for San Francisco. Uh, there were a lot of um, local, you know, wealthy people on board headed, you know, down to San Francisco to catch the rail line to the east coast, uh, as well as a lot of gold miners that were on board. Uh, the ship left at about 9 in the morning, and by about 9.30, uh, the same Day in the evening, uh, it had sunk and um, the great loss of life. That's terrible. So what do we know about what was on board? Well, there's a lot of um, extant records. Um, there's uh, what we call the express cargo, which was being shipped by Wells Fargo Express out of Victoria. Uh, and it consisted of gold that belonged to mostly merchants uh, that was being shipped uh, south to San Francisco and then um, to the Mint or to New York. So is that all still down there? It is. Somewhere on board the ship uh, is this consignment of gold. So what's going to happen to it? Why hasn't it been brought up by now? Well, um, the ship turned out to be incredibly difficult to locate. Um, I've been involved in searching for the ship kind of on and off for about 30 years. Uh, It's been a hobby of mine and a profession of mine. Um, I always kept my day job, but uh, it was something that I've pursued with uh, great interest and um, extremely difficult to find. A number of other groups, you know, spent millions of dollars uh, searching for the ship, but eventually we prevailed. That must have been quite the exciting day when you found that. Yeah, you know, people always talk about, well, what was it like the moment that you found the ship? And it, I, the way I describe it is more of a dull realization. Uh, the ship does not present itself on the bottom the way that a traditional shipwreck would. And so it took, uh, even though we had found this anomaly on the bottom, it took us a while to convince ourselves that this actually was our ship, but eventually we did. Okay, so what's the problem now then? I mean, who's entitled to that cargo? Is it just whoever finds it? Well, yes and no. Um, 
when you find a shipwreck like this, um, the salver, the person who you know was a rockfish, our commercial entity, uh, is entitled to um, be rewarded for the efforts that they put into finding it. Uh, but then there's the question of ownership. So it's kind of like the whole process, I would um, sort of equate it to probate, which is something people might be more familiar with. You have this event that took place, the shipwreck sank, and then claimants can come forward and say, okay, well, you know, I actually had this cargo on board and that cargo on board. And they have to be able to present proof that they actually had it. It can't just be hearsay. It has to be something they would hold up in court. And then from that, they can make a claim. But the salver, the person who put the effort into finding it and recovering it and bring it back uh, to the commercial market is entitled to a salvage award. So let's say that you know someone had $100 on board. The salver is entitled to, let's say, 92% or something like that. So a large portion of what was on board. But the original claimant is entitled to some portion of what they had. Okay, so w- is that where the breakdown is here? Like who could possibly be the original claimant of a ship from 150 years ago? Well, that's really interesting. Um, we have just uh, entered into a settlement agreement with the underwriters of the cargo. So the um, cargo was shipped by Wells Fargo, but it was insured by um, five different insurance companies that are represented uh, by insurance uh, companies in London today. And uh, about a month ago, we entered into an agreement with them uh, with an understanding of you know who gets what. Okay, so does that mean that you can start going down there and bringing up the gold? Yeah, um, the process uh, never actually prevented us from uh, moving forward. It was more of, again, determining who owned it. So we've had the ability to go out and recover the cargo uh, the entire time since we were originally awarded uh, exclusive salvage rights um, in November of last year. The challenge is that uh, the wreck is in deep water. Uh, it's between 1,000 and 2,000 feet you know, below the surface. Um, it is spread out over a large area. And portions of it, um, you know, need to be excavated. So, um, you know, we've been spending a great deal of time gathering an understanding of exactly how the ship uh, was constructed. We've had to learn, you know, how these types of vessels were were built. The type of vessel, it was a sidewheel steamer, which meant it had a a big steam engine in the middle, but it had paddles on the side of the vessel that propelled it forward. These were kind of like the 747 of their era. There were probably about 200 of them built. And so we spent a great deal of time, you know, under, trying to get, gather an understanding with limited information about where the cargo is on board the vessel. And fortunately, a few other vessels like this have been uh, recovered. Uh, there's been about five, or ours is the fifth, rather. Um, so we've been able to learn from what, what other people have done as well. Jeff, what a fascinating line of work you have. Like, how, how did you get into this? And honestly, how many shipwrecks have you found? Well, um, I've you know, been highly focused on this particular wreck, but I got into this when I was um, fairly young. Uh, when I was in college, um, attending the University of Washington, um, I was aware that there were World War II airplanes that had been sunk in Lake Washington, which is right near Seattle. And I salvaged one of those airplanes and then was promptly sued by the federal government uh, because they claimed that they still owned it. So at the age of 19, I salvaged it. At the age of 20, I was in federal court defending my, myself against wow. the federal government. We uh, won clear and free title to the airplane, and I just visited the airplane uh, about two months ago. Uh, it's in Colorado. It's been restored to flying condition. But that process, you know, it's like, well, okay, that was an interesting thing. Here's an airplane. You know, what sort of shipwrecks are in the Northwest? And so, again, I kept my day job. I worked in 
computer industry and um, just always you know kept pursuing this it's you know a, a pretty involved um, pursuit you know we ended up buying an 80 foot research vessel and all sorts of equipment and brought on a big team of people you know to help out we've got about 30 people on our team um, so it's it's a big project no kidding it's a big project do, do you just have to keep looking for mysteries to solve shipwrecks to find like how do you find them you know, it all starts um, uh, in the archives, um, in the history books. You know, you learn about these different accounts of things that happened a long time ago. You're like, well, here's, you know, here's a shipwreck. Here's this. Here's this thing that happened. You know, I wonder, you know, what would be left of that? How hard would it be to find it? And so we definitely, through the Northwest Shipwreck Alliance, have a number of other really incredible um, projects that we're planning on doing here in the Northwest. And there's there's some really, you know, incredible bits of history that are just laying out there on the bottom, you know, undisturbed for, um, you know, almost centuries. Wow. So you have no shortage of other projects that you could pursue, other shipwrecks to go and look at. Well, as long as my wife keeps supporting my, um, my pursuit, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's all encompassing and, uh, you know, it's, uh, can take up a lot of your life, but yeah, we absolutely are putting together this team that, uh, plans to go out and do, additional projects, not only locally, but, you know, nationally and internationally. That is so cool. Okay. So when does work get underway then on the SS Pacific? Well, work is underway right now. So um, we design and build our own robotics equipment. Um, And so we're in the process of building, you know, specialized equipment to recover the artifacts, you know, from the ship. Um, There's two sort of distinct areas. There's the hull of the ship, uh, which, you know, represents certain challenges. And then there's the debris field. So um, this fall, we went out and mapped uh, the entire uh, debris field, which is quite extensive. Um, it's about 2,000 meters long. Uh, we identified, you know, several hundred, you know, major objects in the debris field. And our plan is to go back with the robotics equipment and, you know, uh, from the artifacts that we find, get even a better understanding of how the ship, you know, sort of came apart at the surface. You know, it's it's a fascinating story. The one of the things that we found when we originally, you know, got some debris from the wreck to do the legal part of the arrest in the federal court was you have to bring up an artifact. And one of the artifacts that we found was a fire brick and it's from inside the boiler. And so not only did the ship sink due to a collision, but there was also an explosion on board the vessel. And that ties into like, you know, where the gold is on the ship and where the people were and all this sort of stuff. And so, gathering this incredible understanding of an event, you know, that well, there's very limited information. There were only two survivors of the, you know, four to 500 people that were on board. And so we have their statements, plus, again, an analysis of what the ship looks like. And from all that, we're, you know, we're gathering the story and, and plan to bring back a lot of artifacts. What a cool job. Jeff, thank you so much. Well, thank you for your time. Good luck. That's Jeff Hummel, director of the Northwest Shipwreck Alliance. They discovered the shipwreck of the SS Pacific and work is now underway to start that excavation.